this is uh, Joshua Vigo, and this right here, what you're listening to, is the Bottom Fidelity podcast, the Bottom Fidelity show, the Bottom Fidelity experience. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a ethos. It's a, it's a, it's a way that you experience content. Who knows? Um, actually, it was just a cool name for the most part. <laughs> and I've, I've been meaning to start a podcast for a long time, um, and uh, for a real long time, probably like a decade or more. Uh, and I've been a big fan of like tons of different podcasts, and so I've been meaning to do one for a long time. And I never thought I'd be doing a solo podcast because I usually actually don't listen to solo podcasts. But I decided to do this one mainly because I thought it would be good to um, kind of have a way to get to know for people to get to know me as Joshua Vigil, but also No Clean and whatever other. I'll probably who knows. I might have like other aliases. You know, more music will come, you know, of, you know, who knows, like start making country music. I don't know. But this will be like a conduit in a sense for that, uh, where you get to just like hang out with me. We can just chill. Um, there's not as much back and forth. I do plan on probably doing some kind of Twitch streaming or something like that. So that's coming down the pike. We'll see what the hell happens with that. But, you know, for the meantime, I wanted to kind of do this as like a one introduction to uh and three as more of like a kind of like a process of like you know uh filtering through the world and filtering through stuff because i'm a big pop culture person i'm a big music movies you know books television you know all, all the intricacies of it uh and because of that i you know i think you know having like an interesting way to dive into that is cool but even beyond that i think you know, I just like talking about it. You know, I just like, I'm big, uh, I'm a big shit talker for the most part. <laughs> I'm not actually really that much of a big shit talker, really, in general. I don't talk any kind of shit. Most people seem to think I'm pretty nice. I don't know. I can't tell. But uh, uh, honestly, uh, I just like the drama. I like drama, I like the ins and outs. I'm a story kind of guy. Like, the, you know, I want the in-depth back and forth situation between people. Um and to learn that and to learn the story. So that's why I'm always interested in that stuff. So we'll, you know, we'll probably do that more. This podcast in particular is going to be a little bit more of a different uh, show just initially, just because it's going to be my introduction. I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit about myself. Um, we're going to kind of, you know, I'm going to kind of go down that wor world and, you know, like where, where I started making music, why I started making music, weird influences. Cause like uh, the funny thing is, is like now with no clean i make basically like electro house um you know electro house bass house tech house kind of like the new less tech house but i've been trying to do a little bit more of it and incorporate things with it but kind of that new like uh real bassy like house kind of like stuff you know a lot of, like the stuff that's been coming out of france you know a lot of those guys just like that cool like you know really like intense like we're gonna have these like mm, like bass lines and like all these like elements uh you know almost because at first i remember when i first started hearing uh some tech house and deep house tracks and like the negative drops and like the drops that you know it build up but drops actually like not it's intense but it's like it's not like a fucking 
you know, like a festival anthem where it's just like all of this noise. It's actually like it like builds up and then it's like just a bass line with like a fucking hi-hat. It's like, you know, it's just like a little, you know, and that stuff's great. And I didn't I didn't get that stuff initially. Um, but that's kind of the realm that I sit in right now. But that's not one, the realm I started making music in and two, even my inspirations and still my inspirations. Uh, like initially the P the group that actually got me into making music was odd future, uh, oddly enough. Uh, and they've always been my favorite like group and all of the different like rappers in the group. They've, I've loved all of them. I've loved you know, the different producers, you know, like I was such a big odd future, you know, head. I've still never, I still really want to go to one of the carnivals, the, you know, or the, the, the flognaw carnival thing that he does. But I've never been to one of those. I've always wanted to do that. But, you know, they were like a big... And I don't know why, for some reason, with that group, it clicked with me more than any other group. But I, I remember at that time, because I got into Tyler right when Goblin started... Or not Goblin, but Yonkers, the single from Goblin. I think even before Goblin had been announced, um, maybe... I don't know. I'm not I'm not 100% on the timeline. I was in high school. Uh if I look, let's look. Where is uh There we go. It came out oh, 2011. Yeah. So probably probably right when the single came out, Yonkers. When did that come out? Oh yeah, see early 2011. Yeah. So probably in that realm cuz then I would have been like you know, I think would have been like sophomore or junior in high school, I think. And that's when I started hardcore getting into them. Um, and they were the ones that kind of inspired me to make music. I had always, uh, I beatboxed a lot, uh, kind of like I, it became beatboxing as I grew older and started listening to like more electronic music and like more like you know, just dance and like all, you know, that kind of stuff. I started kind of beatboxing, like actually doing beats more. But initially when I started, I was just making noises and shit, um, you know, just like jamming out. I had the little like alien, like action figures that you'd get out of like the 25 cent, like whatever machines. And uh, I had almost a full band. I don't think I had like a drummer, but I had like, there was like a alien saxophone, there was like a, a guitar one that I had. I think I had, I think I had the drummer. There was another instrument I had and it was like almost a full set set. And I remember like singing like Linkin Park songs when I was like younger and like doing like fake music videos and stuff. And so that's where me like conceiving of songs, I guess you could say started. Uh, and then I beatboxed forever. But the problem, my biggest problem was that all of my beatboxing, um, was so uh it was uh it's very it's improvisational so because it's improvisational sometimes it's hard to like like condense it into like a form that's like um easy to uh make into a song like you can do that uh but a lot of times like i like the experimental experimentation part and i remember when i first started beatboxing i would lose track of the song that i was beatboxing while i was beatboxing it <laughs> so i would forget like oh yeah i had these elements that i was doing but then i stopped doing them because i did like a breakdown or some other kind of thing and then when i came back to it it was different um just because i was just constantly moving constantly trying to do different like weird noises and stuff 
Uh, and it it took a long time for me to translate that into making music. But I remember I started thinking that I could do it because I saw Yonkers, because I saw OF. Uh, and then I started, I think it was, uh, I think Couch. It was one of the songs from Earl Sweatshirt's first album. I think Couch. Well, not his first studio album, but the first album, the Earl Sweatshirt album. Uh, I think it is like a blue cover with a weird fucked up kid face. Uh... I think it was Couch, or it was one of the songs on that album. I pretty positive they had a music video for it, and it was the one where they're all skating and like hanging out. And I don't know why, but like it just caught me. I was like, oh, I can make music too, and like do this whole entire like be exactly like Tyler, and like do this whole like you know like have this whole brand, this whole thing, this ethos out beyond, um, you know, the music, just that whole entire thing. It was, it was a cool, it was very inspiring. So I started, I remember, I think I originally like illegally downloaded Ableton 8 or cracked it or something like that uh, to try it out initially and like screwed around on that for years. Um, and then that was where I kind of started making music and I started making beats, um, just kind of like random beats and stuff like that. And I was kind of intimidated by the process of making music. Uh, and so... Uh, I kind of initially didn't understand what I wanted to like do. Like I was kind of, I was kind of caught off guard by like, just like all the things that kind of go into a song and like the things that you don't think about. And like, I had come from the world of like creative writing because in high school, most of the time when I was bored in class, I would be writing like short fiction. I loved like short sci-fi and stuff like that, like Ray Bradbury and like uh, like uh, William Gibson and, you know, uh, Philip K. Dick, stuff like that. Uh, and so I love short form sci-fi. And so I was always writing a whole bunch of that in class. And so I could I was really good at telling a story through writing. I could, you know, BS a English paper. I was really good at writing. Um, and I was good at music because I had like a musical background in a sense just because I had come from a family. We weren't necessarily a very uh musical is in it's people played instruments but that wasn't the big thing there was a lot of consumers of music so it was big knowledges about like all different kinds of genres and different artists and the history and that's how uh both sides of my family kind of were with both music and movies uh and books uh but mainly music and movies um like my mom's a big musical person uh you know like a meet me in st louis style like that kind of stuff all the way to uh um, uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, kind of like that whole range. So she loves all that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of my musical exposure from a kid. And uh, I had all of that. But at the same time, when I first started getting into like producing music, initially, I was afraid of learning the particulars of like mixing and like mastering and like in like the sonic realm and all of like the uh and learning details and learning like techniques and like all that stuff i was kind of afraid of it Um, partially because of like the sometimes like technical like sometimes something is super overwhelming uh unless you focus it you start breaking it down like piece by piece but i wasn't doing that at the time and so i would get overwhelmed so my beat making turned into i started like you know and it was kind of it had been popular forever but i got into lo-fi hip-hop uh hardcore like really bad or not really bad but like really you know really intensely got into like uh hip you know lo-fi hip-hop 
and just started making lo-fi hip-hop because I was intimidated to basically make like quality music. I was intimidated by like the idea of like, I just, I was intimidated by learning that much information. So I kind of took making lo-fi hip-hop as a way to, uh, kind of do whatever I wanted and ignore the rules and like go for the low fidelity and like the low fidelity experimentation kind of like interested me. And, you know, that was when all the SoundCloud rappers were blown up, you know, like X and like fucking everybody. And so that was like the whole sound, like the whole entire idea of it was like, we're, you're breaking barriers, you know, things are clipping. There is heavy duty distortion. It is maxing out everything. It is practically not, it's not blowing your speakers, but it's giving that effect. Uh, I loved all that. And so um, but I also love like the softer side of it where it's just like you're taking something and like kind of like dulling it down almost like you're inside of a fishbowl. Um, I loved all those elements of lo-fi hip hop. And so I started making lo-fi hip hop for a long time. Um, for years, I made lo-fi hip hop and just kind of like silently released it online. Didn't really do anything with it. Weren't, wasn't really like pushing the project uh, at all. Um, and then like I had that was the first time I had like a whole bunch of different name changes because their first name was a name that somebody else had that I couldn't tell if they were using or not. And like, I didn't want to use something that was similar. And so I was always trying to find like names that weren't as common um, to name my like music projects and stuff. When I started like conceptualizing of like me as like an artist and like what I wanted to do and stuff like that. And then uh, basically I started kind of making, I just kind of stumbled into, I was making like all different kinds of genres. I was trying to make like the ones that took me the longest to kind of nail down were uh, drum and bass and dubstep. Drum and bass and dubstep for some reason couldn't click in my head for the longest time. But I started making one of the first genres I kind of started branching off on was kind of like house, uh, electro house in particular, but house and kind of like bass house. Uh splitting off there and doing that uh from my lo-fi hip-hop and kind of experimenting with like uh electronic dance music and then that's when i started getting into the more technical side of everything and kind of getting into like okay the details and the minutiae and like all the all the little things that you can do and like why not necessarily why those are important because i don't think all of that stuff is important it depends on the song but i think it gives you like more tools, more things to play around with, things you wouldn't have considered before. And that's where I started kind of like delving deeper and deeper into like the whole sonic like universe of like sound design and like, you know, the audio spectrum and like mixing and mastering engineers and like the history of it a little bit. I'm still learning, um, you know, and you never stop learning, but I started delving into that more. And then that was kind of when I started kind of like conceiving of the No Clean project and started kind of materializing that and trying to get that together um and uh you know trying to get that all rolling and put together uh and that was when was that probably 2000 middle of 2019 end of 2019 was when it all started materializing but this i had been working on house tracks for a while uh, and I was going to just release them. I was trying to think of another artist name. I was going to possibly release them as the artist name I'd been using at the time for all my lo-fi hip hop stuff, which was a nickname that I came up with, which it wasn't a good name. Um, it's base, it's Festizio. It was like a username that I used for just whatever. Uh, and, uh, nobody could spell it. <laughs> Anytime I asked people to spell it, nobody could spell it. So that was kind of like the problem that I ran into um, with that one. 
And so because nobody could spell it and I kind of ran into that problem, I was like, well, maybe we should try to find something more simple to spell or simple to, for people to spell as like an artist name. And then I was like, well, do I want to focus more on like be like Electro House? And then I kind of started thinking about uh, and it's kind of what I've tried to do with my music. Um, I'm a big I was a super duper big uh, Benny Benassi fan uh in from like way back when i was listening to him when i was in like middle school like early or late elementary school maybe like literally listening to him when he was releasing shit like i think i started listening to him when either right when him and his cousin released the benassi bros i think it was the second album uh phobia that was when or was it Pumphonia? I don't remember. It was either the first album or the second album of Banassi Bros. Th that was when I started, right when that came out was right when I started listening to Benny Banassi. Uh, and I kind of heard his music be just ancillarily because you hear Satisfaction just because it was such a hit and everything. Um, but I started getting into Benny Banassi heavy duty at that time period because that was the same time period I started getting into tons of other music. And so Benny Banassi has been a big influence since like forever. Uh, just the, his kind of style of electro house uh, and even in some of his more modern stuff where he's kind of gotten more like ethereal and kind of like, you know, gone into the trance realm. Um, he uh, he's been a big inspiration. And then another big inspiration that I've also been kind of listening to for just as long uh, was the prodigy. Uh, and I love one, the breakbeat because I'm a huge drum and bass, like a huge drum and bass and jungle like fan and like head and like whatever. And I love that shit. Like, I just love the fucking like crazy fucking like syncopated, like crazy beats, whatever you'd call it. I don't know if it's syncopated. I'm not as good with drum terminology, but basically a lot of the different like patterns that you get, a lot of the different, like, you know, just like little grooves and like, you know, shuffles and stuff that you get in a lot of those kind of like drum and bass stuff. Some of my favorite stuff. Um, and so I gravitated towards Prodigy instantly. Um, and initially when I heard them, and I think the first time I heard Prodigy was in uh, the first Charlie's Angels movie with Cameron Diaz and uh, Lucy Liu and uh, Drew Barrymore. Uh, and there's the scene, I think it's with Cameron Diaz. I think, I don't remember, uh, where she's fighting the dudes. She's fighting guys out in like the alleyway behind one of the places that they had to sneak into to get something. I don't know. Um, and she, uh, they're playing during that song while she's like fighting the guys they're playing smack my bitch up. And that's, I think probably the first time I heard smack my bitch up. And then, you know, I think I started getting into the prodigy, like right around the time I was getting into all the drum and bass stuff, which even though they're breakbeat, but I, it's that similar kind of vibe of like, you know, the shuffles and like the crazy, like pattern editing, you know, like cutting up all these like old school, almost like jazz, like grooves and like patterns to make all these like crazy, like beats that are just like, da -da -da -da, you know, that was my favorite stuff. Um, and so I decided, so, you know, coming all the way back to it, uh, because of those influences. So because of Benny Benassi and the prodigy, I decided to kind of take the idea of like, well, what if we took like that electro house, Benny Benassi kind of went like the direction of like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, God damn it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, is it, is it boy? I think it's boys noise, right? It's boys noise, right? He was a electro house guy, right? Let me let me double check. I got to look boys 
Yes, Boys Noise was one of them. Who the heck was the other one? There was another one at the time. Um, God dang. And he had just come here last year. I don't remember. He was another one of the Electro House DJs that kind of had that harder. They kind of took that like funky, you know, uh, the the where the origins of electro kind of came from which is that like disco house where kind of like the origins of all that stuff comes from it took that funky and added like heavy duty distortion to it loved it so i decided to like take that concept of like heavy duty distortion but then like decide to like let's throw in some like prodigy and then i was just fucking around with the distortion um and so that's kind of where i was taking a lot of my influences from uh i don't know whether they translated or not but, you know, that's that's kind of where it all kind of like, you know, coalesces from uh, for the most part. And so that's where I've been going with No Clean for a little while. The funny thing with No Clean was I was conceptualizing it for a little while. I didn't know what I was going to call it. I worked at the time at a electronics manufacturing uh, company. And uh, if you know anything about, you know, soldering electronics, basically what you what how it works is you have usually you have your metal and then you have some kind of activator that and then usually have heat. Uh, I think they're cold versions of it, too. I'm pretty positive. But we primarily use like you use hot iron, you use a uh, an iron, uh, a soldering iron. And basically what you're doing is you're introducing the activator, introducing the heat and introducing the material. And then the activator kind of helps the material kind of like, like bond around chunk of thing here and chunk of thing here, you know? And so in the, in the case of like a circuit board, that's like all the little tiny parts. So like the two little like ends on like a resistor or whatever, you know, you're, those are getting soldered down into the board. Those are the connections. Um, and when you're using solder, you have multi, you have different kinds of solder for different kinds of jobs and different kinds of, uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Parts that you're using. Cause there's certain parts that you you know, for instance, you can't get wet. You can't wash them. There's no way to wash the board once that part is on the board, because if you wash the board, that part is not working anymore. Um, and so you have to use a kind of solder called no clean and they call it no clean because you can't clean it. If you clean it it basically leaves like heavy duty residues and it just has more residue, but you're supposed to use it on parts that you're not supposed to clean. Um, even though you're usually supposed to clean most of the parts, there's that. And so I was just sitting there one day and there, there was this uh, container of uh, no clean uh, solder that said no clean across it. Um, I don't know if I have the picture or if it'll even show up. I'll have to find it. I might even make it. That'd be a good, That'd be good. That'd be good album art for this. But uh, yeah, basically, I saw that container and it said "no clean" kind of in bold letters with the dash, everything, kind of like how I uh, did it. I've still kind of kept it true to that original, that original kind of like style, just because it caught me so much that initial time I saw it. But I was like, oh, okay, no clean. I like that. It's kind of like, oh, it could be dirty. Even though ultimately, like, the music that I've made hasn't really evolved to be kind of dirty. Uh, it's hard. It's hardcore. It's intense. But dirty, I don't know if I'd necessarily say. We'll see. Who knows? I might get there. But, uh, yeah. And so, basically, that spawned the idea for the name. And that was probably, like I said, in, like, 2019. And then I decided to launch it uh, 
officially in at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, it's great, you know, great timing. <laughs> 2020 launch date. So, yeah, so I started um, you know, cause here in Albuquerque, like in a whole bunch of big cities and stuff, or, and we're not even that big a city, super small city, but we have open decks nights at our club here. Um, and, uh, they have, you know, I had been going to the club forever, figured out eventually that they had open decks nights, you know, I had been practicing DJing for, uh, a little while, um, had bought my own decks and stuff and was just practicing mixing and everything and decided to go to the open decks and start kind of pursuing that and like meeting people locally while I started this new, you know, new no clean thing and was like, okay, let's go. Let's make this music. Let's get it going. Um, and that was in January, 2020. And it's literally, I lucked out, uh, in that I literally went to like, I don't even know, maybe like three or four, maybe a little bit more is maybe like six, whatever I went to, that many of the open decks and the guys running it instantly were like, we're not instantly, but after those many times they'd heard me or whatever. And I'd met my, you know, met, introduced myself. They're like, Hey Josh, we got a spot. We want you to play at the club. And, uh, I was like, Holy crap. Really? I, I thought I was gonna have to put in work for like, you know, a year, years, get to know people for a while, you know, really kind of like grind it. And they were just like, no, 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 come play at the club. You can play in the lounge, whatever. Uh, and I was like, cool open up the lounge, uh, you know, which, you know, the opening slot, you know, not always a lot of people, but whatever, it was fun. But the funny thing, well, I guess it's not funny, but kind of I ironic, bad timing. I don't know even, you know, what you want to call it exactly. Uh, the night that I, <laughs> the night that I played and opened up the lounge at our club here was the night that, uh, all of the, um, I think it was the night that the NCAA and NHL and like all the sports organizations started like canceling the seasons. And I remember uh, it, was, it was either, I think it was after I played, we were sitting in uh, this bar called Side Effects. They call it Side Effects because the main bar is called Effects. And it's this on, not really on, well, I guess it's on the side technically, but whatever. It's like the smaller version of it. Uh, I was sitting in that bar and they have TVs in that bar and we were watching the news of like everything fucking closing and i was sitting there like oh shit this is all like going down you know and then uh you know i wasn't thinking this initially but i was like oh wow great great op great time to launch a new <laughs> you know like a new artist like a new brand or whatever great time to do that uh <laughs> right like covid right when everything shuts down and so everything shut down and I just, I just really lucked out that I had made, became really good friends with Lissa and who goes by explicit. She's amazing. Like crazy dope tracks, fucking crazy DJ. You should go check her stuff out. It's all explicit. I might, I'm a, I might put something up on the screen. We'll see when I'm editing it. But, uh, um, I had met her going to the open decks, met her before just like going out. Um, she was amazing. Um, and she gave me, she hit me up during covid because she was doing streams on twitch she was doing like a sunday fun day stream just to keep streaming keep her name out there and she was bringing in a whole bunch of friends and a whole bunch of people that she knew from the local scene and everything and so she asked me to be on one of those and then liked my set so much that we you know one became better friends and then two also kind of started like doing things uh together 
uh, and like, you know, playing events and like stuff like that together. And so that started like a long lost, a long friendship that kind of helped, you know, no clean kind of went along for a little while. And then I've been surprised by, I've been getting, you know, little shows here and there and I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on it. We're still getting it. I got, my plan is, is that we're going to get back on like a schedule of like uh, one song a month, you know, maybe even more, but at least one song a month is probably going to be my goal. Uh, I have a lot of, like a lot of stuff in store, a lot of stuff I've been making for a while that's, that I've kind of been like keeping, you know, kind of all throughout last year. Last year, I didn't release nearly as much music as the year before. And even then I didn't release a lot of music. So I'm going to kind of, I'm trying to get on a more kind of like, uh, I don't know if you'd call it aggressive schedule, but a more, you know, one song a month, kind of interesting stuff. I want to do interesting stuff. I'm going to try to branch out into a couple different genres, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. You know, I'm just feeling it out, you know, doing my own thing here. We're just chilling for the most part. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of like the whole, the whole deal of it, the whole story of it. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. I've been playing around with, like like I said, possibly doing other genres. We'll see if I'm at, well, I mean, we'll see how this does. If this does good, if this show does good, <laughs> then we might be able to, like, go on a tour or, like, do something. I don't know. We'll see. You know, there's all kinds of possibilities, uh, you know. And uh, I, I could feel it. There's definitely possibilities in store for this next coming year. So it's going to be interesting to see, to say the least. And, you know, yeah. You know, just keep going and stuff. You know, I love it's it surprised me how like uh, interesting and in depth you can go with uh, the whole like musical craft and everything. Um, because like, you know, like going all the way back to like, you know, in high school when I was writing and like the translation, it, it took me a long time to get to the point where I could just like free flow making music uh, and producing on the computer uh, because like with beatboxing it was easy. Uh, beatboxing to me felt a lot like playing sports and like when you get into that flow state and you're just kind of like moving um, and just kind of like doing all of the motions and kind of like you feeling it you're not thinking it's not you know uh, it's not a consideration it's just like a matter of fact uh, I could get into that state with writing easy like writing the short fiction writing the stories and all the stuff that I could like sit there and write and like lose track of time uh, same thing that happened to me with like, you know, like good books, good movies, video games, everything like that. You just like, you get really engrossed, lose track of time. You get into that kind of like flow state where you're just kind of like syncing up. And like I said, it, like I said, it took me a long time to figure out how to translate that into the digital realm with Ableton. I remember, uh, cause I use Ableton to make uh, my music. I've tried, I haven't really tried, but I've kind of tried to learn for loops and I just need to do it more. I just need to do it more. Cause I like some of what they've done and where they've put things and like, you know, I wish Ableton's like, why don't you have a knob? Like they have a fucking knob right there. I want that knob. Okay. <laughs> I have to go like over here and do all this other stuff just to do that knob. And they have that knob right the fuck there, you know, but anyways, um, it took me a while to kind of get there where I could like free flow. Um, cause now like when I write music, uh, and that's usually how I know I have like a good track or whatever I'm doing. It's like a good thing. I, uh, basically like i get into like a state when i try to force it it doesn't really happen the only thing that you can force is starting so i try to force myself to do that like force myself to like turn it on get in front of it but like 
usually the best songs come up when you're just you're just doing things you're just constantly doing things you're just flowing oh this sounds good this sounds good you stack this on top oh you do this little thing this little, and it keeps stacking 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 until you've been working for like whatever like three hours uh and you're like holy crap i have this crazy ass song um just sitting here like i just came out of nowhere um and it took me a long time to get there with ableton because it i think with writing uh you know, writing short stories and writing fiction and even just using language, written language, uh, the way that you like convey, not even just like emotions, but like simple ideas, convey a story, like tell like how somebody does something or how something come a- comes across. Um, it's a completely different experience uh, then when you're trying to convey that through like music and audio and like audio, like I think I, it, it all really started to gel with me. The first, the first lo-fi hip hop song I released, uh, and I have it still. Um, a lot of the lo-fi hip hop songs I haven't, like, I might go back through them, um, and, uh, update kind of use samples. Cause at that time period, I was just kind of sampling everything and either get stuff approved so that I can actually like release it and be official about it. Cause back then I was just like, didn't care. was releasing shit. Um, uh, cause some of them were cool. Like the first one, the first lo-fi hip hop song I released, I called, it was called boarding call. And the whole theme of it was, is airports. I started finding all these like airport sound effects. And technically in the song, I use several different airports. And I think I even use airports <laughs> that are in different languages. So it doesn't quite make sense when you actually listen to the details, but I feel like it like captures the effect. And that's what I'm talking about, uh, is, and that's when I started like really kind of realizing that with music and that kind of like helped me like have a whole different like view on it. Uh, it's just like how you tell the story through like audio information. So like one of the first things I started looking up was like, you know, gate announcers, like people at a gate announcing this flight is coming at this time, you know, this, you know, whatever the hell, you know, a person at a gate would announce, you know. Uh, you know, whatever the the, air, the airline, you know, staff, whatever they would announce at a gate, that kind of stuff. Found started finding a whole bunch of different samples, a whole bunch of different intercom samples of an airport, and then I also started finding like foot traffic, and then like sound effects of like people rolling suitcases. Uh, and then what I would do is I started getting into like, okay, well we have like a couple different rolling suitcases noises you're going to quiet it down. And I didn't know this at the time, but you know, like quieting something down puts it further away in the sound spectrum. It puts it not in the sound spectrum, but like further away in like your kind of uh, imaginary, like audio uh, expanse that you exist in when you hear audio. Um, it, It puts it further away because how we discern how far away something is, is how loud it is. Uh, just kind of like how bright something is, is how far away it is. And, you know, there's pluses and minuses of that. And that's how you look. That's how you see. That's how you hear. Um, and so I started messing with the panning so that you would have like, oh, okay, you're sitting at a gate. You have people walking in front of you. So you have like, oh, this person walks this way. And then I had like a gate way off in the distance that you could hear, barely hear really echoey and then a gate that's like right here the gate that you're at you hear that intercom and then just like the hustle and bustle of the airport um and that kind of taught me a lot about like using sound effects 
uh, in interesting ways. And that's what a lot of my lo-fi production taught me was using sounds in like interesting ways and like thinking outside of the box, like not being like, oh, you have to make a kick like a kick or make a kick with a kick. Thinking about sound as uh, literally like a whole spectrum of information. And if something is in a specific part of that spectrum, you could basically morph it to sound like anything else. Kind of like you have a certain uh, baseline that you're starting from when you're starting from like say a sample or like an oscillator or whatever you're starting from to create that noise. But you can basically make any sound any sound. Um, like in that song, uh, the uh, swell transitionary noise I had throughout the song was an airplane taking off, but I reversed the noise so that it was like a whoosh instead of a whoosh, you know, like, and so you, I kind of did stuff like that. And then, you know, that culminated in, I used to, uh, every once in a while, I didn't do this that many times. Uh, just because I was never really consistent with it. And I'd made more songs than I actually ended up submitting to half of these uh, little competitions. But on make, I think it was, I think it was making hip hop, the subreddit on Reddit, making hip hop subreddit. They, I'm pretty positive it was making hip hop. It was one of the beat subreddits, but I'm pretty positive it was making hip hop. They used to have, well, actually, I think they still do it. Um, a, a kit competition. Um, and basically what it was, it was, it was a weekly competition that they did where they would have, uh, you would have the person from the previous week that would win. They would create a kit or already have a kit of samples that they like that had a certain theme or whatever. And everybody that next week that was in the next competition could only use the samples from that kit. Super simple concept, right? But I remember like a couple of times, like some of my favorite ones was there was this one guy that gave us a kit that was full of like OG, like the original Star Trek sound effects. So we're talking about like Shatner Star Trek sound effects uh, and like no, no percussion sound effects, no musical. Well, actually, that's not true. They, I think he had like a theme, which I think I used in the song that I made. They had a uh, some kind of like background like show theme that played at a certain part probably at a certain it, to me i don't know because i'm not like the biggest star trek fan and i don't know like all the episodes by heart or anything like that it was it sounds like one of a, a part where there was either a sunset or like a scene transition or like one of those kind of parts in the soundtrack um and so that's all you had to make the kit, you know, all you had to make a track and you had to make like a hip hop beat or whatever kind of beat you wanted to make. But it was, you know, making hip hop. So it was primarily hip hop kind of like, you know, that kind of beat focus. And I remember that really taught me like a whole that one was like a crazy mind break because I was sitting there like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because we don't even, we don't have a kick noise. I don't have a kick drum. I don't have anything. Um, and so you have to get creative. Right. Uh, and so like I found in one of the samples, uh, it was like a, I think it was like a whole bunch of people like walking and then like talking, like having like a conversation and then like discussing uh, something. I don't know what characters it was. It didn't sound like William Shatner. It didn't sound like any of the popular characters. It was some kind of conversation that happened from the show and like walking, um, shuffling kind of. But there was one of the steps that was like, a, ooh. It was like a, it was like a pretty, it sounded like, you know, somebody stepped on something hollow or something, right? Like there was a part of the wood or the part of the ground or whatever the heck, or they kicked something or whatever. And it was hollow and it made like a oof noise, right? I found that and I was like, oh, we'll see. 
cut that out, cut that out, and then started kind of like manipulating it, you know, started like, you know, dropping it down like by a ridiculous amount of like semitones just to see how it would sound like, you know, like several octaves lower or like whatever, just kind of dropping it down, even though just a little bit and then dropping it down, like I said, several octaves, you know, going back and forth just to see how it would sound. And I use that to make the kick drum of the song. I don't even remember what I used to make the clap of the song. Um, but that was one of those situations that taught me about like, like audio manipulation and like how you can uh, take something that's not obvious, but it imparts something. And that's all you need to do is impart this, the, the thing. It's kind of like, uh, in like Kung Fu movies when they have, uh, like people that are, uh, basically it's like in hip hop movies where you have people that are like hip hop movies. <laughs> My brain. My brain is wrong. So it's like in uh, Kung Fu movies where you have people fighting and basically what happens is, you know, normally in a fight, like depending on the fight, depending on the hit, you know, if somebody punches somebody, sometimes you get like a good noise. Sometimes you get a good smack. Sometimes you don't. And sometimes you get a good smack and a good noise, but that doesn't get picked up on any of the mics or any of the thing. And you don't want to rely on that, especially when you're making a movie, you're making art, you're trying to give the impression. So they use a lot of like the fake noises. And that's what, you know, like Kung Fu movies got like famous for was just like the Foley work and all of the sound effects that were around those movies. Um, and that stuff is where, because I had always been a fan of that stuff in movies, but I never really paid attention to it. So I started to pay attention to it more after I produced music and then went through these different like little like lessons as I kind of made music throughout the years and like learned that like, oh, sound, the way that you tell a story with the sound is a completely different, It you use it in a such, such a different way. It's such a, such a feeling, such a mood base, such a, you, you're trying to evoke something. You're not trying to uh, be completely literal all the time. Sometimes you're trying to be literal, but sometimes you're just trying to invoke a feeling. Um, and so, and then, you know, that's just where I started getting into all that kind of stuff. And that's where, that's where I'm at here. And that's where I'm at now, you know, and now we're chilling, you know, waiting on new music, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, I am a pretty big, like popular, like hip hop, you know, hip hop. I'm not a hip hop head. I don't, I kind of like all of like the ridiculous, like ignorant, like mumble rap stuff. <laughs> Cause I've always also been like a pop, like I love pop music. I was a big, like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like all those old school pop, uh, people. Um, I was super into pop music. And so I do like the popular kind of like catchy, like rap music and music in general. Um, because I, I, I feel like that there, you know, something needs to be somewhat catchy but also needs to be somewhat experimental and kind of like play that line that, that in my opinion is like some of the better music because you get more people into the experimental side of it but then you're also still it's still catchy it still makes sense i'm a big fan of jazz but i totally understand why people don't like jazz and it's because a lot of times it's like purposefully so very chaotic and very like unsettling and very like uh obtuse not very uh it doesn't hit you on the head. You know, it's not like I want to hold your hand by the Beatles. The song is called, I want to hold your hand. It's very literal. <laughs> the, just the whole song is about that. Whereas like jazz is very like, just like out there, you know, it's just like imparting like feelings. Uh, 
But I can understand why people don't necessarily lock onto that as much. But I think there's that marriage that you can meet. Um, you don't have to be completely obtuse and niche. But I do like that stuff. That's initially even why I got into like lo-fi hip-hop to begin with was just because it was so – it was breaking those barriers. Even though ultimately it became – this is what lo-fi hip-hop is. The joke is like, all you got to do is take a beat and take the stupid hi-hat and take this thing and boom, you got a fucking stupid lo-fi hip-hop song. And I, and even though that is true and it became redundant and kind of like oversaturated or whatever, um, I think it still was interesting to see kind of like a whole force. I would almost compare it not in feeling, but in kind of, uh, like a little sliver of the mentality of like punk of like we're taking all of the pre-established like th- like ideas of sonic signature and kind of like throwing that out i mean like fuck all your like high fidelity shit like we're playing this shit on phones everybody's listening to this on fucking like stupid like ipod like crappy headphones skull candy whatever the fuck we don't need we don't need all this other information fuck it throw it out right i love that experimentation aspect of it so you know, I think that's why I gravitated towards it, why I'm here making music. And uh, yeah, and that is me. Um, and that is the first episode of Bottom Fidelity. This is, like I said, going to be a weird one-ish. I mean, maybe the next one is going to be a weird one. But my idea with this is that, you know, this is going to be kind of like the introductory, like, oh, it's a little introductory podcast, a little quick, you know, get to know me situation. And then, you know, as the podcast keeps going, I'm basically going to be talking about my, you know, new releases. So if you want to get any, like, I'll pr- I might be mentioning, I don't know, I might be mentioning, like, preview, like, oh, here's a sneak peek. I don't know. Uh, so that'll be on here. Um, we're going to be talking about, like, you know, current event style things, and like, the m- you know, the music industry, movie industry pop culture stuff we're going to kind of be going around the gambit i might be talking about weird things i'll probably have uh certain episodes where i'm talking about like subjects or whatever we'll see how that all kind of rides out um i have an idea for one of the uh segments that i want to do which is uh probably which we're probably gonna we'll see i might do it next episode we'll see but uh basically i'm gonna start trying to do little segments you know just kind of putting them in here uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I got I got ideas. I got ideas. And we'll see where it goes. Anyways, this is the first episode of Bottom Fidelity. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. I hope you come back. I hope, you know, you know we'll, 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 ride the, we'll ride the moon. You know, it's a, it's, it's a small world. And uh, we're all singing the same song. I don't know. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Signing off from the lowest point of fidelity. Joshua Beal. You guys are good.